Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, happy Friday, everybody. The happiest of happy days in the world of morning radio. How is everybody doing today? How are you doing today, Vinny? I just want to start this show with one word. Yeah. Johnson? Yeah. Jared, Jared, it dawned on me the other day, you blew the joke. Yeah, I remember. Mr. Mr. Funny Guy on the show, you blew the joke. Yes. We both blew. Me and Sarah had talked about we were both going to say Johnson at the very end of the show, and we both forgot. Both forgot. And then I remembered in the newsroom later, and then I didn't bring it up because I was a coward. (laughs) You coward! Truth in radio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Truth in radio. Other yeah. than that, that's I'm a fine. shame. That is a shame. For those who don't know what we're talking about, the other day after a great Cam Johnson game, I began the radio show just by saying Cam. And nobody said Johnson. And no one said anything. We did a big, fat, pregnant pause, and then we started the show. Yep. It was going to be the, the longest end of the show. Yeah. Jarrett was supposed to go Johnson yeah. and just forgot. Ah, we yeah. could have went back Come and on, edited, edited it in. Yeah. Oh, and then played it and said you just missed it because you yeah. were already on the way to the parking lot. <laughs> I, I would have believed that. Yeah. Already in my you, just Bickley, you were already out the door. And go, ah. Okay, that makes sense. Can I say that? that makes that sense. I, that's what happened. Then. You used to get a lot of grief from the afternoon guys, Burns and Gambo. Yeah. I, I think uh, 95% of the time I'm out of the, I'm out the door before you are. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, I'm not messing around you've anymore. Changed, yes, you've changed your I've tune. I've completely done a 180 on this whole being in the office thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to have some fun today, right? It's Friday. Do you got yeah. something there you want to read there, I Vinny? just want to update the Duquesne uh, Uber Eats guy oh, okay. thing. As we talked about it on the air, and then I got a text immediately after from, from John Bloom. It was like, yeah, it was a great story, but it's a... It was, it was a, a stunt. Was oh, a, wow. A stunt. Okay. Oh, nothing right. is real anymore. And now Duquesne University issued a statement. Um, it's like basically sparked this whole safety policy review. It was all for, for clout and social media. And, yeah. Well, yeah. Because that's the world we live in. That's, right. that's a wonderful sort of, world we live in. We sort of figured it out in real time yesterday. Like, how did he get in the arena? How yeah, did listen. He, why, he, it's only if, a two-hour game. Why yeah. would you order food from Right. And if you were in charge of Dequesna University, <laughs> Dequesna. that's how it's spelled, Dequesne. right? It Dequesne. is. If you were in charge of Dequesna University, you can't let it seem that you're that vulnerable to security breaches, right? Seriously. Like some Uber Eats driver with a, you know... <laughs> yeah, some contractor just wandered in. Right, right. And stepped onto the court. Apparently it was DoorDash, too. Oh, was oh, it? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, that's the worst. All right, okay. So their right. stunt didn't even work because mm-hmm. we're all calling it Uber Eats. No, I don't even think they were affiliated yeah, with the companies. It was just some dork. Some who dork. Because when he walked on the court, people noticed there was tons of students following him I around. blamed him. And he was wearing a microphone. Oh. oh. 
Okay. I, Boo. This planet sucks. It is. This is like the guy who was doing a bit in the bratwurst eating contest next to me. <laughs> People really <laughs> are the worst. There are no... Yeah. And you know, what I, you know what I can tell? Because we started this bit back in 2020. We're not getting any better. People, that is. No. We're oh. not getting any better. Yeah. Yeah. I thought looking ourselves in the face at our worst would make us better. It's making us actually worse than what no. we thought was worse. Looking ourselves in the face, uh, in, in the mirror, uh, has only made us all do duck lips. <laughs> <laughs> you know, looking at... Yeah. <laughs> looking themselves in the face yeah. in their phone. Yes, yeah, in their so, phone. Yeah. I listen, don't get me down that road, man. The amount of teenage 20-year-old girls who are getting their lips injected. Come on. Trill. Start the show, Ferret! The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. splash. Animal coming. Animal coming. The and Splash, you know brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. I was going to say, and you know why I say that, because I have a 21-year-old daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And she, so I've heard about this in her... No, she has oh, not. She's not no, a clout no. chaser? She, she better not. <laughs> so young. Don't change your That's face at that I'm age. That's saying. Yes, right. she has thousands of photos of herself with Don't the duck lips change. in her phone, though. We love you just the way you are. Your face is so good. <laughs> I, I personally respect all women's decision to do whatever they want with their face. Yeah. It makes them comfortable. Yeah. And wow. if they talk to me afterwards, I respect them even more. I'm Jared Carlin, and I approve this message. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals good message. hosted head coaching candidate Sean Payton at their training facility on Thursday as they continue to search for a new coach. Meanwhile, Dallas uh, defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who interviewed twice with the Cardinals, staying put in Big D for 2023. Tom Pelissero put that out there yesterday. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler followed that up with a report that Quinn's meeting with Arizona was very positive. There was no specification on whether or not an offer was made, but Quinn is staying in Dallas. He was also a leading candidate for head coaching yeah. jobs in Denver and Indianapolis. Can't wait to get into this because this is um, this is a very, very veered, if you will. Either, either Dan Quinn is getting paid a boatload of money to stay in Dallas and just be a happy, happy defensive coordinator, or, the, or there's a lot of things that, you know, bear examining because of this. Yes, absolutely. Carolina Panthers became the first team in this year's hiring cycle to name a new head coach. Former Colts head coach Frank Reich takes over for interim Steve Wilkes, who was also in the running for the job. Reich played for Carolina. In fact, they st- started their first three games ever at quarterback. You want to look at some bad numbers, look at those. He also becomes the first offensive-minded head coach in the history of the Panthers franchise. It's crazy. Yeah. They've been around for almost 30 years. How about it? Uh, elsewhere around the NFL reports out of Denver say the 49, uh, 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans has emerged as a top candidate for the Broncos job. Broncos are also said to be uh, very interested in Jim Caldwell, the former Colts and Lions head coach, and former Stanford coach David Shaw. Nathaniel Hackett, the former Broncos coach, he's back in the league, new offensive coordinator with the Jets, and that sparks more speculation that uh, he could reunite 
tonight with Green Bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers in the Big Apple if Rodgers gets traded. Uh, NFL Championship weekend is upon us. Doubleheader on Sunday. The NFC Championship game is the tune-up. Philadelphia and the 49ers, a 1 o'clock kickoff on Fox. Eagles, a two-and-a-half point favorite. That's followed by the AFC Championship game. The fifth straight AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Chiefs and Bengals at 4.30. The line on that game shifted quite a bit. I mean, Patrick Mahomes came out and sounded like Grover when he said, we're not an underdog. Yeah. Uh, but uh, now they, they listened because now the Chiefs are a one-point favorite. Well, again, and I think just very just the visual of watching Patrick Mahomes leave an interview podium without a walking boot and with no limp at all, it's a game changer. It is. It is. Uh, he said uh, his practices have gone better than he expected them yep. to. Uh, on the NFC side, Christian McCaffrey of the 49ers has been slowed by a calf strain but said Thursday there's zero chance he will not be playing in Philly with a trip to Super Bowl on the line. Uh, early on last night, things were looking good for the Suns. They were playing well. DeAndre Ayton was back, and Dallas Mavericks star Luka Doncic left the game after playing just 3 minutes and 21 seconds in the first quarter after he turned his ankle. The starters then went to the bench, and the second unit stunk up the joint, and the Suns never recovered, falling 99-95 to the Mavs to snap their four-game winning streak. Spencer Dinwiddie played the Doncic role quite nicely, 36 points and 9 assists. Cam uh, Johnson and Chris Paul each had 22 in the loss for the Suns. They're now 25-25. and 25. Seventh in the West, uh, the Suns now hit the road for a yeah. one-off against the Spurs tomorrow night. We'll have a lot on yes. this game today. Yes, yes, we will. <laughs> kind of disappointing, kind of a, a very, enthousi- very enthusiastic if you're looking at Chris Paul and the way he performed yes. early. Yes, Probably attacked the basket more than I've seen this season. That's good. That makes one, Phoenix. DeAndre Ayton butchering the rebound. Bad. Oh, yeah. We're yeah, gonna, okay. We're, we're going to have an Aiton discussion. Today. Yes, we will. Good. Uh, LeBron, James, and Giannis uh, and Tadakumpo have been named the all-star captains for this year's game in Salt Lake City. Uh, they were the top two vote-getters from fans, media, and players. Joining James in the Western Conference starters pool are Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, and Steph Curry. In the East, joining Giannis, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and Kyrie Irving. The reserves for the game will be announced February 2nd. Of course, they'll have the uh, actual roster draft right before the game on February 19th. ASU hoop slide continues. 69-66 overtime loss to the Huskies. They jumped out to a 12-0 lead. They held UW scoreless for the first 541 of the contest. But that one hoop started a 12-2 Huskies run. ASU uh, trailed by as many as 10 in the second half. Freshman Austin Nunez got fouled with uh, on three uh, a three-point attempt with no time left and sunk all three free throws to send it to overtime. And UW reeled off the first seven points of the overtime and never looked back. Uh, ASU traveling east to Pullman to face Washington State tomorrow. The Cougars hosted Arizona uh, on the Palouse last night. And the Wildcats got a 63-58 win. It was Azulis Tabellis, 18 points, 12 rebounds for the Cats. GCU got a tight road win. They beat uh, Abilene Christian, 75-73. Nick Schmaltz, the latest Coyote to notch a hat trick, his first career hat trick. Had the first three goals for the Coyotes in a 5-0 win over St. Louis. Karel Vimelka, 33 saves for his third shutout of the season. The Yotes hop over to uh, Southern California to face the Ducks, a team that beat them 5-2 on Tuesday night uh, tomorrow. And Novak Djokovic threw to the finals at the Australian Open, beating uh, American Tommy Paul in the semis and straight sets. The Joker now just one win away from his 10th title down under. 10th? 
title in one tournament. Uh, Djokovic and that would play. give him what overall? Is he is he already at 22? I believe or so. Or would this tie him with? I, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you're right in that ballpark. Yeah. Djokovic will play Stefano Tsitsipas in the final. Uh, sec- on the women's side, 22nd seeded Elena Rybakina takes on 5th seeded Arena Sabalenka in the women's final. There is your bloated Bloated For Friday, January 27th. Coming up next, the latest on the Cardinals coaching staff. You can cross off one candidate, but does that mean you can circle another? We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports Cardinals head coaching search update 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 Dan Quinn the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys one of the highest paid defensive coordinators in the NFL was not in a rush to jump out and try to be a head coach wanted the perfect situation did not find it according to colleague Tom Pelissero informed the teams that were interested in him including the Arizona Cardinals including the Indianapolis Colts that he'd be staying in Dallas had a second interview with the Cardinals had one scheduled with the Colts Nope. He is now going to stick with Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. That was a big thing that happened yesterday in the coaching news cycle. That's Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, Dan Quinn. Pretty much the day after his second interview with the Arizona Cardinals, opting to stay with the Dallas Cowboys, as you heard. And you heard Rappaport say it. Uh, you know he's one of the highest paid coordinators in the NFL. Mm. You would still think that that money would be dwarfed by head coaching money in Arizona. Maybe the situation wasn't right. Maybe his heart's in Dallas. Maybe he feels like there's unfinished business. But the Cardinals lose a candidate, and you have to wonder about what went into that decision with Dan Quinn. Uh, they also uh, lose another candidate, although there hasn't been a whole lot of chatter about Frank Reich's connection to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But he's going to Carolina as their new head coach. And Sean Payton was here yesterday for quite some time. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Sean Payton, there was a lot of people camped out. Cam Cox from, from 12 News was camped out and got some great footage of it and was documenting what exactly was happening during this very lengthy visit at the Cardinals facility. But as soon as Sean Payton got done, what did he do? He tweeted a response to what he called a false report about well, his stance was on the Denver job. Mm-hmm. Very interesting yesterday. Uh, I don't know if you saw the footage that Cam Cox put out there, but it was great because he walked with Michael Bidwell to Michael's car in the in the team's secured parking lot, and it looked like Michael's key fob wouldn't work. It looked like they kept trying to get the back doors open. It was like, you know, like I can't get this thing to work. When you get those finicky key yeah, fobs. right? That did decide to kind of glitch out on you for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. how can I get into my car? And Michael's like, of all times for this thing to glitch out, I got Sean freaking baiting on the other. Knew I should have got this fixed. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Knew I should have gone to Chapman BMW. All right. So I think that uh, in the in the case of, <laughs> in the case of Sean Payton, um, I, I'm going to say this. I If. If it's going to get done, I, I think, wouldn't it get done today? If indeed this was going to happen, it wouldn't be a wait. It would be a let's do this. Boom. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Or, or, or maybe this was just a let's roll through here. Let's say we interviewed Sean Payton. Let's see what we think of him. And more importantly, maybe we can learn some things about what he thinks about us. And then let's go hire Vance Joseph and call it a day. 
So, I again, I'm not sure which way this thing is going to turn. I know Brian Flores is still out there. The Dan Quinn piece is a little curious to me because yeah. I don't know when that dude's leverage is ever going to be hotter than it suddenly got in a week a week's period of time. He, Where he I mean, just went from being a name that people kind of associated with, oh, yeah, that guy's name, that name's always out there, to, to oh, this is the greatest coordinator you're ever going to find. There was a lot of very glowing things oh, about Dan Quinn. Goodness. His record in Atlanta was good. Was good. It was good. And then, you know, what happens is you go from good to bad in the NFL very quickly. And then you have to rebuild your, your, yeah. your stock back up, which he's I, apparently done. I agree. It might not have been ever a better time to strike for a head coaching job. But maybe the, the, the jobs that were available to Dan th- Quinn just that, didn't turn him on. And that's it, too. Then there's that. Because now you take a look at this. If these jobs weren't appealing to Dan Quinn, why would they be appealing to Sean Payton? It's a great question. Uh, Adam Schefter on the Sean Payton potential connection with the Cardinals, and he does not paint a rosy picture. I, I think right now it doesn't look like there's going to be a spot for Sean Payton. That that that's the way it's kind of looking as we speak. Now we'll see how it shakes out, but I, I don't I don't see him Sean Payton. If he doesn't get one now, next year there's going to be seven, eight, nine, ten openings. He'll be under consideration for many of them. I, I just don't see him rushing to take the job in Arizona with a GM he doesn't know, with a quarterback there are questions about, with a team that's got a lot of issues. So my guess is he sits out and then rejoins the search when there are more teams that have openings. Which very well could be the case. Um, yeah, the timing of it, what you just laid out there, seems to make sense. That if Sean Payton was going to make the jump, there's nothing holding him back. I mean, he's not uh, he's not getting ready for a playoff game. Well, he is, but it's from a broadcast standpoint as part of a 38 man panel on Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, there's nothing stop if he wants the job, and it, and there was indeed an offer made. He, he could take such an yeah. offer today. But let's go down the other road that you presented, mm-hmm. and that is. Call it a day and just name Vance Joseph as your new guy. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about conflicting strategy where, you know, early on they go from the outside and they interview a lot of people for the general manager position. They hire from the outside in Monte Asenford. Then they check the assistant general manager box. Instead of elevating Quentin Harris or Adrian Wilson from within, they go to the outside to Dave Sears. And then there's a possibility you follow that up with another internal promotion with Vance Joseph. That'd be weird. That seems like, uh, you know, it doesn't line up very well. No, but that, and that would, that would all of that would, um, whether it's true or not, perceptually, that would be painted as a, as a Michael Bidwill scenario that, okay, I'm going to hire a GM from the outside, but I'm going to promote the coach from the inside. And, and the message would be that the new GM would certainly have somebody else to hire than the guy that's already here, which would mean that the power, all of it still resided with Michael Bidwell. And, and the power always does reside with the football owner. I'm not saying it doesn't, but the operational power, that's a much different matter. So to me, it's like this. Okay, so Sean Payton rolls in yesterday, and a lot of people uh, kind of vibed around the conversation that he seems available, that after all of this, he seems available. And maybe this guy's going to fall into the Cardinals' lap. Do the Cardinals take advantage of it? Because I I don't know what's holding them back from hiring Sean Payton other than money and what Sean Payton wants to do. And it would seem to me that if you wanted to just interview Sean Payton, well, then maybe that's kind of why you went and hired a GM first to kind of say, hey, you know what I mean? Because it, it's I'm not sure if 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 you were fully 
in on hiring Sean Payton, I'm not sure you don't interview him first. In fact, I'm quite certain you do interview him first. So I don't know what to make out of this interview yesterday. It was seven hours at the facility. It probably went someplace for dinner. I'm guessing there was a steak involved, right? We know they had lunch. Four of them? Reports that they had lunch together. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Jarrett was very disappointed those reports did not have details on what exactly. Or lunch for him (laughs) as part of it as well. Uh, So I I, I think that it's all right there if the Cardinals want to do it. It's a matter of of what did Sean Payton feel about this whole thing when he was here? Did he vibe with Monty Fort and Dave Sears? I I guess we're going to find out. Could they announce that they are going to hire him before they work out the compensation with the Saints? No, or does that have to be all finished? The Saints before? made that pretty clear that uh, if you're going to hire him, we have to have an agreement on the compensation. Okay, I, I think I said this to you guys yesterday. I'm not sure if I did, but I've got I've got one guy in the NFL who told me the Saints fully understand they are not getting the number three overall pick in the draft you did. if they deal. You, you did okay. say that yesterday. So if they deal with the if they do deal with the Cardinals, they fully understand that's unreasonable to ask. Now that doesn't mean you're not paying on the back end and paying a lot on the back end. Sure, but but the number three overall pick in the upcoming draft, they understand, is off the table. Just just because it it should be, it that's too much, right? No one's. I think. Look, if, if you're the Saints, do you ask for it? Absolutely. What's the worst they can say? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Which is probably you know which is uh-huh. should be the response for something like that. Yeah. But yeah, that doesn't mean they're so, uh, they're, they're not going to get a first round pick from whoever. And, and my look, my more... sense of the matter my sense of the matter is that element of all of this is the least problematic in this whole equation. Mm-hmm. Satisfying the Saints is the least problematic of all of it. Yeah. Yesterday we talked about the two way sales pitch. Yeah. Sean Payton selling himself to the Cardinals. The Cardinals selling themselves to Sean Payton. Who, mm-hmm. who, who did a better job? Well, well, we will find out. At least the weather turned for him yesterday, yeah, right? That was nice. Had he come in a couple days earlier, he'd be like, what Wait, the heck? It gets cold here? Yeah, what the heck? Where am I? Albuquerque? <laughs> <laughs> you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, uh, we're all frustrated. At least those of us that watched the Phoenix Suns play basketball last night against the Dallas Mavericks. We'll tap into the frustration straight ahead. It's Pickley and Murata mornings on this Friday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata. Dan Pickley and Vince Murata. Pickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Just situational awareness. And like I told the guys, every possession has to be important to us. I didn't think it was important tonight across the board. I thought our bench came in with very little awareness of the game plan. We made a few subs. I made a few subs. And the energy went. Focus went. And then in that situation, it was not um, as important to us as it was to them to get the ball. Period. That is Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, and I'll just sum that up by saying the man ain't lying. <laughs> yeah, that was kind there. of a disappointing game. A uh, very disappointing yeah. performance by the Phoenix Suns. Who? Uh, and let's focus on the last part of what Monty Williams said there in that four-point loss to the uh, the Mavericks. 
I mean, Luca goes out three minutes into the game, uh, you know, limps to the locker room, doesn't come back. It's one of those games that ruins your averages if you're a, if a player like Luca, where you play actually play. Oh yeah. So you get the game played, but you get no stats. Yeah. Kind of screws so up an, things. A, a, extra game to divide. And among, I don't. Yeah. Look, I don't know if there was a subconscious, you know, breathe easy mentality at that point with with the Suns because hey, they they're losing their best player and MVP yeah. candidate. We should, and we're playing good basketball. We should waltz here. They're up by eight, and then when they went to the bench, as Monty Williams said, every bit of energy got sucked out of the arena because the Suns could not put the ball in the basket. The second quarter that they played last night was maybe the worst quarter of basketball they've put forth collectively in three seasons. For all the love we've given Josh Akogi on this show, last night he shot the basketball like a guy who's never played basketball. Like if you rolled a guy into a gym and said, here, we need a 10th guy, come on, start playing with us, Mm -hmm. throwing up shots and missing everything. I'm sorry. Like, hey, being a little physique. Like, hey, dude, don't yeah. shoot. We don't just shoot, need you to even just, out the team. Right, that's that right, guy. Just play some defense. Throw wrong. some elbows. Yeah. There was a tentative nature to yeah. when he got the ball. Yeah. After, and, and, you know, the, the three games that he's had since coming back, the first game after he broke the nose and was wearing the mask against uh, Indiana, he was great. He's not been great since this, then. We've but, said this many times because these players are not built and made to be great every game. No. They can contribute well, we know, yeah, right. you know, once every four or five games, each one of these role players. Yeah, exactly. But but I don't think the mandate was proving that point wrong. I think I think what you said is well well acknowledged by most everybody. The mandate here is to win these games you can win now and just get the comfort of victories. Because this whole thing, it's just so mushy in the Western Conference and who knows what it's going to look like when everybody decides to hit the gas pedal at once. And so at that point in time, you've got to have a little bit of margin for error, I'm thinking, if you're the Suns. So last night's game, when Luka goes out, I'm thinking, okay, this is this is going to be one of those games that the Suns should turn into another, not a laugher, but this should be a little comfortable for them, given the way they had been playing. And they got sucked into the kind of game that, that just was, as we've discussed, very, very frustrating. I'm going to say this. Uh, during last year's playoff, I, I really didn't know much about Spencer Dinwiddie's career. I, I watched him play in the latter stages of that Dallas series, and I thought to myself, this guy has got a lot of game. And this guy's been around a while, right, Vinny? He's yeah. been on, he's a journeyman, Washington, right? Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. he's and, been around. And he he had a blow-up game against the Suns late in that series. I believe it might have been game six it was. But but he had himself one of those nights last night. And and I just look at that guy, and, and maybe maybe I've just happened to focus on him on nights when he's been really good. But he, he, that guy, that's 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 an underrated asset to have as a, as a fringe player on the basketball team. I agree. He's got he's got a nice game, and it was you know I, I think he tapped everything out last night. That's about as good as Spencer Dinwiddie can play. I mean, he yeah. had thirty six points and nine assists, and kind of stepped flawlessly into that Luca role where you know dribble the the hell out of the basketball for twenty two seconds at the top of the key, and either mm-hmm. yourself hitting a dagger three or a shot uh, late in the clock, or dishing it off to a teammate who's going to do it. Yeah, that's a, you know that's where I was having flashbacks to the playoffs again. Uh, and no, it wasn't Luca, but it was guys like Dinwiddie. It was guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway Jr. didn't even play in that series, but he was doing it again last night. The Mavericks have guys that are not daunted by, hey, the ball's in my hands, I gotta put it up. You know, did they shoot a great percentage? No. On the flip side of it, though, Spencer Dinwiddie is a nice player. 
Last night, he played like an all-NBA player. Mm-hmm. And, and he's the, done that twice in the last the four games against the Suns. could do nothing to slow well, him that down. Is that is true. That is true. Maybe maybe that's what's colored my vision of Spencer Dinwiddie, the Suns' defense in these last X amount of games against Dallas. Here's, that could uh, be it. Here's Chris Paul on the uh, end-of-game situational awareness that the Suns did not have. Uh, I think I'll talk about that a lot as far as turnovers. But looking at this, we only had seven. You know, I think Coach was more speaking about uh, something that I think that we harp on day in and day out, constantly talking about um, uh, situational awareness, which is, excuse me, when you watch games night in and night out in this league, you just, those end-of-game plays right there decide a lot of games, and it's hurt us in the past, and we just got to be better. Yeah, they only had seven turnovers, yet they had two crucial turnovers in a stretch in the fourth quarter on back-to-back uh, back-to-back um, possessions. And you know, once they fell behind in that game in the second mm-hmm. quarter, they could never climb back. It was no. it was close pretty much the whole way, but they could never get over the hump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to play the most interesting quotes from, from or quote from right. from Chris Paul last right. night. I did not listen to the entire press conference while it was going on. I was en route to to to, to, to my home after the game. Um, and I don't know how this came up, and maybe you can enlighten me or Jared can enlighten me, but um, Chris Paul waxing poetic on Jay Crowder. Jay, 9-9, nine, nine, uh, I miss him. I miss him. There ain't no secret about it. You know, uh, it's one of our brothers. You know what I mean? I I came here with Jay, <laughs> you know, so um hope he's good. 9-9, nine, nine, you out there. I hope you good. But, you know, it's, it's a business. It's the league. You know, it is what it is. Absolutely, but you got to interview Jay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like that's that's my dog for life. Yeah. Regardless, whatever going on, it's it's always gonna be love here with me and Nana. But yep. the political situation, business situation within, separate from not having him on the floor. That ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's my teammate. What do you make of that, Bick? Uh, again, I, I I think it's troublesome when you've got this ongoing lamenting of a Suns team that that sort of still is emotionally attached to Jay Crowder because the, the emotional attachment to Jay Crowder throughout all this implies that they're feeling the the, the team is more to blame that the team is the one being callous. To I her. take it the same exact way. I mean, that's after a nationally televised loss to the team that knocked you out of the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. And I get Chris Paul feeling that way, and I think his teammates feel that way. And we've kind of heard similar comments from Mikel Bridges quite recently on this subject. But, yeah, it's, it's impossible to – with the absolving of, hey, that has nothing to do with me, mm-hmm. that's kind of putting the, the onus on what did the team do. And to Jay Crowder's uh, point, you know, the coaching staff is who he called out. It wasn't the front office right. that he called out. So is there this underlying resentment from players to the coaches? Like, you know, we're shorthanded and we're getting yeah. our butts beat for yeah. this stretch and we don't have one of our guys now yeah. because of whatever happened. Exactly. It, it's, it's so... It's so abstract still right now. That's, it's very frustrating. That, that's why this deal needs to get done sooner than later. And I'm really surprised that that James Jones doesn't understand the net effect of this. And I'm, he, he must understand the net effect of it because um, I, I listened to this from Chris Paul last night. And I thought, OK, this is really weird here because now we've got two people, Mikhail Bridges and Chris Paul, claim and blame this on the business. That's the business. When you blame it on the business, what you're implying is it's contractual by nature, that sometimes 
sometimes guys have to go and park themselves on the sidelines to get what they want. And sometimes money and contracts have to be number priority number one. But what Jay Crowder said is this has this is personal. This is between me and the coaching staff. They're the ones who don't appreciate me. So I don't there's still a disconnect as to what is the root of all of this and who is the root cause of all of this. But as you pointed out, when you get this is two guys now who have just been kind of lamenting like, man, I, that's my guy. I, you know, I missed the heck out. Why in the world have they let this get to this point? And, and just to answer your question about the context, they asked him the question, how much do you miss Jay Crowder? So it was just, that was w- without any, it was just out of the yeah. left field. Like how that? much do you guys, how much do you miss Crowder? All right. That, well, let me, let me ask you this then. If everything had remained exactly the way it's gone for the Suns this year, in terms of injuries, in terms of lackluster play, disappointment, whatever, but Jay Crowder was in the mix, how many more wins do they have? I don't think they have that many more. I, I don't know how to answer that. Quite honestly. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. He does I a mean, lot of little been, things, but yeah. little but, things don't matter when you, when you were getting beat by 25 points yeah, but, in but, that stretch. But this is also a team that's got bad crunch time numbers as well. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what, what I that is. I guess that question's impossible to answer. Yeah. For me, it is anyways. Yeah. Um, want to remind you that uh, we are just a couple weeks away from Super Bowl 57. Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. Text SUPER to 620-620. Register and listen for your name starting February 6th. You can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl, plus win tickets to the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. Text SUPER to 620-620 to get entered. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Coming up next, before we can get to that Super Bowl matchup, we got some champions chip games to get into and break down next as they happen Sunday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Friday, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash Marks. We've been in these spots. Um, we have the experience. We know what team we're playing. The team that's been to this this game in the last five seasons, and they've all been in that stadium. So, to me, they're still the team to beat, and, and we're coming for them. But we know it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be going to be hard fought, and we know the kind of players that they have on that side. Joe Burrow, quarterback, Cincinnati Bengals, getting ready for another uh, AFC Championship game, rematch of last year's game. The site is the same. Will the result be the same with the Bengals going to uh, the Super Bowl after winning at Arrowhead? We'll find out. Obviously, one of the big stories is the condition of Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Um, and you talked about it early on in the show during the, during the splash pick. Uh, we've seen a, a shift in the Vegas line based on... Nothing that they've seen, because there's very little of, of what is available to the media in practice that can be seen. Yeah. But Patrick Mahomes quotes, hey, this this feels a lot better than I thought it would feel. I didn't think it would be going this well at this point. And just a visual of him walking out, you know, stress-free, basically, uh, with, with no boot on that ankle. And that's, look, that's enough, because that was the biggest question going into this game. How healthy is Patrick Mahomes going to be? Is he going to be hopping around on one leg again? Because if he is, 
Cincinnati's pretty formidable. I don't know if you can get by the Cincinnati Bengals with a one-legged quarterback. So Mahomes looks to be healthy going in, and that shifted the line. I still expect this to be a great football game. Yeah, no, listen, uh, so do I. And and, and I do want Pat, I don't want Patrick Mahomes compromised in this I game. I don't either. I really don't because to me it's and again I you know I, you can say that I'm guilty of of oversimplifying simplifying and and dramatizing and romanticizing this stuff, but to me You've got Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. This is for the crown in the NFL about who is the face of the NFL. Who is the current face of the NFL? This football game largely, I think, is going to decide it. I think currently right now, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's got all the television commercials alongside Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is on his way out. So Joe Burrow, I think, is a direct threat to Patrick Mahomes and direct as in on the other sideline this Sunday. And then on the other side, you've got a guy um, in Brock Purdy who could be the modern-day Kurt Warner, a guy that is is got this classic underdog feel to him, and I know we're going to get into him coming up, but it's, to me, this game between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, I want this thing not to be compromised by injury. So I'm hoping he feels as good as he looked walking out of the press room yesterday. Yeah, I I agree with you. But then you add in (laughs) the quote that is definitely going to be pinned to the locker, or to the uh, bulletin board in the Bengals locker room this weekend, and that's from Willie Gay, linebacker of the Kansas City Chiefs. Asked, what impresses you about the Bengals' offense? What is it about that Bengals' offense that maybe impresses you the most? You played it a few times. Okay. <laughs> what could go wrong? You've not beaten the Bengals with Joe Burrow at quarterback. Yeah. He's, he went on That's... to say they're going to try to do that to act like they can big boy us, but front six, uh, seven, definitely going to do our job and try to slow that down. Why do I mean I don't understand it and and some people just completely dismiss trash talk as what or bulletin board material for what it is but why give a guy like Joe Burrow who apparently has a giant chip on his shoulder <laughs> something like that why do you give him that kind Pretty of dumb. fuel especially when he's got the bragging rights right now uh, listen it's I, dumb I was thinking about this because this is what makes coaching football teams so treacherous this is why a guy like Nathaniel Hackett can roll into Denver and feel like he's in control of everything and then once you get that plane off the ground you realize I'm in control of very little here Mm -hmm. and it's because these teams are so big and there's so many people and there's so many personalities and you can't control everything and you've got X amount of people going in that direction X amount of going in this direction some want to follow you where you're going but not everybody you know Cliff Kingsbury will always have Robbie Anderson as his ride or die guy sorry how many catches did Robbie Anderson finish with, by the way? Coach, I'm riding with you, man. I'm riding with you. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to go on that adjunct there. Is Robbie Anderson in time end, too? Four? Did he have four? <laughs> yeah, is he in four catches? <laughs> yeah. So this is a situation where you're a football coach and you've probably done everything you can to kind of get everybody psyched up and in a good frame of mind, and then you get one of your defensive players pop off like that. Mm-hmm. And so what What do you – you can't even walk that back. I mean, you walk up to Willie Gay and you say, what are you thinking? I don't know, coach. It's how I feel. Okay. And, and yeah, I, it's – this is this is the kind of thing. You know what you say to Willie Gay if you're the coach? Shut up, Jared. No. Feel it. Don't say right. it. Right. Show it. Talk about don't it in the it. locker room. Yeah. If there's a microphone around, shut your mouth. I know. And this is this is the thing about the Bengals that are tricky. They they did what they did last week with, you know, 
60% of their offensive line healthy. They're a big boy football team that, and that kind of gets lost in all the, all the stardust, stardust of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Kansas they, City's got to feel threatened here because if, if Joe Burrow goes into Arrowhead after going into Buffalo, <laughs> he, I'm telling you, he he becomes the guy in the NFL if he beats Patrick Mahomes. Now, I I'm, I, I think he does have to win the Super Bowl, but if say you lose to Brock Purdy, I, I think Joe Burrow's still the guy. I don't Again, know. I don't I know what it, it looks like. Hey, if, if, if you don't have know to see what it looks that's like. True. That is true. Yeah. But I think he'd get dinged for that. If it was Cincinnati against San Francisco and the number one overall <laughs> pick and uh-huh. Joe Cool lost to a guy who's been you know, t- tabbed as Mr. Irrelevant all uh, season long. Maybe. That's probably a maybe. ding on Joe Burrow maybe. without knowing what it looks like, like you said. Let me revisit sort of something I was in, uh, talking about yesterday in that, okay, what if they play the Eagles and Jalen Hurts? Wins and wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, does he get in the conversation? No, no. I mean, he 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 gets at he's at the table now, but but I think he still has to be um, a real dynamic player over a, a greater sample size than this year. And this is coming from somebody who has liked Jalen Hurts from day one. But I just there's a there's a time element that comes into the same thing with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy goes and wins the Super Bowl. He's going to become Kurt Warner, but I don't think anyone's going to call him the best quarterback in football. No, true, true. Um, and I'm with you on Jalen Hurts, too. There was a, a distinct moment that I'll always remember. Respected Jalen Hurts, but the moment I was like, this is a dude you want on your team, is when he got benched in the championship game. Yeah. And Tua came in and threw the touchdown in overtime. And the way Jalen Hurts responded to that, I know what you're saying. Well, he transferred. Of course he did. He read the tea leaves. He wasn't going to play again at Alabama. That became Tua's team. And he had a really good year at Oklahoma. Yeah. But he handled that with such class, such grace. He, I mean, He was legitimately happy for Tua. Yes. Legi- it was legitimate. And for his team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I watched that guy, game live, and that 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 moment impacted the way I looked at and still do look at Jalen Hurts. Yes, and, and there's I, a there's an emotional maturity to that. A guy who was banged up but played in week 18, yeah, banged up and and led his team to a victory. He's still banged up. They're one win away from the Super Bowl. I tend to agree with you that even if Jalen Hurts does it in, in Jarrett's scenario. He's not going to be up there with the the you know the Burrows and the Allens and the Mahomes just quite yet, and I think a lot of that has to do with um, you know the the fact that we're all in love with the, the passing numbers. But man, Jalen Hurts does stuff that other other players don't do. I mean, Josh Allen does to a degree, but Jalen they Hurts, don't come tougher than Jalen Hurts. The, the amount of quarterback sneaks that the Eagles do, it's it, the numbers are crazy. Wait, I've never heard of that. What is that? <laughs> yeah. Quarterback ah, sneak? Yeah, right. Mm. Their they're center, Jason, apparently they've got it down to a science. There's a big story in a Philly paper about this, that it, even their center, Jason Kelsey, he, he takes the ball, moves it up a little bit further past the line of scrimmage, which creates a little space and a buffer for them to work. They've got that whole quarterback th- sneak thing down to a sides, but you got to have a quarterback who's willing to lower the shoulder, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, and he is, and indeed he is. Looking forward to a championship Sunday, definitely in the NFL. We'll have a full breakdown on Monday morning. Coming up next, Suns. They get their momentum tripped up in a disappointing loss to the Dallas Mavericks. I'll give you Vinny's view of it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Oxygen Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.